All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, the Patrick Mahomes non-concussion is a real doozy, both literally and figuratively. We report, you decide. Carol Maloney was in the Mobile Strike studio for our new Tuesday Power Lunch. We talked sideline reporting, penis picks, and when did I first go bald? All that plus you won't want people to die, would you? Your 45-minute dose of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! It is a huge day in Kansas City, Missouri, to say the least. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are back to work prepping for their AFC title game, third in three years, against the Buffalo Bills. They hope, with the magic biracial unicorn, as Jay Cottrell calls him, Patrick Mahomes under center. All eyes on Patty Mahomes and his non-cushion. I'm calling it his non-cushion, not a concussion. Now, this has a thick wafting of bullshit all over it. However, I trust, and I am always informed, by the great Dr. David Chow, now without kick.com, pro football doc on Twitter, former team doctor for the San Diego Chargers. He writes, by video, it's clear that Mahomes never directly hit his head, though his face mask did hit the ball on the ground. Certainly one can get a concussion from an indirect blow, but the hard tackle Mahomes sustained did not seem to have that type of energy. Initially, Andy Reid said after the game that Mahomes was hit in the back of the head, but in the days since this press conference, the team has made no specific reference to any blows to the helmet. Yeah, Andy Reid, shut up. They also have not even confirmed that Mahomes suffered a concussion. All they have said is that Mahomes remains in the protocol. A player does not need to have a concussion to enter concussion protocol. Mahomes demonstrated clear signs of neurologic abnormality when he stumbled getting up, which is enough to enter him into the protocol. Though he could answer most protocol questions immediately following the hit, he missed one question and was thus ruled out for the rest of the game. 
it almost cost his team the win. Missing even one question can be the proverbial nail in the coffin on any same-game return, writes Chow. Earlier in the year, DeAndre Swift was in concussion protocol, even though he had migraine headaches. Once in protocol, all the rules need to be followed, even if doctors no longer believe the player is actually concussed. Many in social media have suggested that Mahomes was choked out, quote-unquote. However, that assessment says Chow does not, not make any medical sense. Mac Wilson may have had his forearm around the neck of the Chiefs quarterback, but for only a second or two. It wasn't long enough to deprive the brain of enough blood flow or oxygen to cause unconsciousness. Others have implied that Mahomes has a nerve issue in his neck. This may be true, but I don't believe it's a classic cervical spine, spinal cord, or nerve root issue. By video, there is not enough torque on the neck to cause the issue in the bones of the ligaments. A nerve root or brachial plexus issue would not cause weakness in the legs. A spinal cord issue would not cause the distanced look in his eyes. So what happened to Patrick Mahomes, asks Dr. Chow. In my opinion, Mahomes experienced momentary trauma to the carotid sinus area where the vagus nerve and baroreceptors are located. When people who are afraid of needles or the sight of blood faint, it's often the result of a vasovagal reaction, a direct blow or trauma to this area of the neck, such as the one sustained by Mahomes, can cause the same kind of momentary excitement of that nerve, sending signals to the brain and causing him to essentially, quote, pass out, unquote. Others in martial arts or police and military maneuvers have described this phenomenon as a brachial stun, The carotid sinus massage is a medical way to alter a heartbeat through the autonomic nervous system, and it's done by pressing on the same area of the neck that Wilson's forearm contacted. I will admit, says Dr. Chow, that in my two decades as an NFL team physician, I have never seen this happen on the football field. This is where you smell the bullshit, right? It is unusual that the Browns linebacker forearm got underneath the helmet but above the shoulder pad. The initial blow and the sustained pulling on the neck to prevent the first down would have been enough to provide a short circuit. And the vagus nerve and the baroreceptors would then have caused Mahomes to faint and stumble as he got up. He goes on to say that this analysis is from afar, but having discussed my thoughts with two other previous NFL physicians, they also find my theory plausible, and to be the best explanation of the events. This type of carotid or vagal nerve issue may look scary, but in reality, it is transient. It is not dangerous and causes no long-term effects. This is why I am certain that fans will be treated to a fantastic matchup between the Bills' Josh Allen and the Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes. Fucking fascinating. And even though I smell some bullshit, I'm not saying it is bullshit. I just don't know. Fascinating. Did get an email from a man, TikTok, who is uh, involved. Let's see. uh, Quick TLDR for this message. He says, Dr. Chow's assessment of the Mahomes situation is spot on. He says, basically, uh, I'm a lowly occupational therapist, not a surgeon, much less a PhD in neurology but I do work with patients on a daily basis that have a variety of issues. And he goes on to outline his thoughts on that. 
Hey, could be the case. It's just very fascinating. Wow. Okay, we'll see what happens. All right, I had a chance today to start what we're going to call our Tuesday Power Lunch. Our D.C. Power Lunch, Carol Maloney, formerly of NBC4 here in D.C., former dugout reporter for the Washington Nationals, soon to be once again a badass sports media maven again when the sports world finally wakes up and starts to march, has arranged for us to go to the Palm in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, on Tuesdays and lure in guests with her sunshine and charm, my van, and the Palm's delicious steaks as temptation. And we'll try to get as many top-rate guests as we can find. Today, Carol and I started with a painful memory from my college days. Just good. We got a lot to talk about today, yeah. and we're going to go have a wonderful lunch, uh, chaperoned, of course, at the Palm Steakhouse here in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, next to the Ritz-Carlton at Tyson's 2 which is the second mega mall they built across from Tyson's One, where I spent, Carol, most of my misspent youth <laughs> at that mall over there. First kiss? The, no. Well, for, it's funny you just say first kiss. I have it on my script here. <laughs> this Ritz-Carlton was where I kissed my wife. Oh, I don't wife want to hear anymore. No, okay, wife. <laughs> for the first time, I met her at a wedding from a high school friend whose after party was here. At the Ritz-Carlton. So you're sitting in the shadow of Zabin history. Yes, your romantic history. Rom- We're romantic history. Flash, yes, exactly. did, you, did you have game back then? No. How did you work it? <laughs> Alcohol. Did you get <laughs> Alcohol is the ultimate game. What are you talking about? She was drunk, I was drunk, and we were having a good time. What was your pickup line? There was no hey, pickup line. My, my uh, friend from high school, Kristen Bonacci now, Kristen Thompson, her maiden name, put us seated next to each other because she knew we were both available. That's oh, so that's nice. Okay, good. But there's like sparks a, right away? Well, I mean, it's sort of like an Indian arranged marriage without the 30 cattle and the families being involved. It was an arranged, hey, why don't you guys get together? <laughs> Did you make her but laugh? But there was, there was a <laughs> Maybe. Again, we were drunk, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we're, uh, we're here. We're going to go uh, to the Palm, and uh, we were going to have Bram Weinstein, who is now the voice of the Woofskins, and he couldn't make it today, but we're going to have him in the next couple of weeks. But uh, Carol's going to rope in some good guests for Tuesdays with Carol and Tuesdays with Steak, and we're going to hopefully do it here at the Palm every Tuesday. We need to think of a better name. Okay. Tuesdays with Carol and Tuesdays with Steak. <laughs> I do have Sage Steel coming up um, for a Tuesday in okay. the future. And Call Julie- her, though, because she doesn't live here. Yes, Sage Steel at ESPN, who just left the 6 p.m. Sports Center. She started yesterday doing the noon. So okay. we'll have to, um, so she'll come on after. I don't it. like the sound of that. I know. And at first I texted her. I said, oh, my God. Oh, boy. Who do I need to, like, start hating, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> she actually said she asked for it. Okay. And um, she's now doing a, her own show on ESPN Plus, and she gets to be home. Because she has those three kids. Yeah. They're in the house now. You start to see... I, I have to, they're about the same age. You start to see light at the end of the tunnel, which you don't actually want. You think the whole time, I can't wait for you guys to grow up and off you go, launch you. And then you see that they're going to be leaving you soon. It becomes so precious. And, and the, instead of the light at the end of the tunnel, it's the fading taillights of the train of your life going away from you. And then you're you. like, what am I going to do now? And you're like, wait. 
Yeah. Wait, don't leave. I'm not going to have you around to yell about not doing dishes. <laughs> what am I going to spend my time doing? I have that same thing. And she also, her and I both, uh, we've reconnected and become great friends because we worked here in Washington, D.C. together. But You guys we were both, both on became, with Andy and I. Yeah, on that's the right. Reporters. Back in the day. God, I love those days. And we so both much. became single mothers the same year. So we both kind of have this, um, you know, be able to talk about doing it all and all right. the balls in the air. Although she's got this, you know, national show she hosts in sports, and I'm currently working in title real estate and this podcast. And <laughs> and you're in a van with me. I'm in the van down by guy, the river. With a guy who just quit his <laughs> one of his two jobs. Yeah, so how... We'll get to that later. Yeah. I want to. I want to interview you. You were going to interview me. I'd like to interview you later okay. if you'll allow. Okay. Well, we'll get to it. We don't have all day here. We got state calling, so okay, good. and we got stuff to talk about. Yeah. Starting with this Jared Porter news. <laughs> Boy, isn't this timely? Jared Porter fired today as the GM of the Mets because four years ago, when he was a international scout for the Cubs, he sent like sixty-four consecutive unanswered text messages to a female reporter, including a. Dick pick, Carol. Uh, dick. Ah, it always leads pick. to that. It, it, why? You got to send back a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's Amy Schumer's joke. She oh, goes, really? whenever someone sends me a dick pic, I send one I back. I send one back. <laughs> Meaning like from another boyfriend? Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? Like Just random. Oh, that's your dick. Oh, I thought yeah. that's what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a game of tennis back and forth. Oh, thanks for a picture of your dick. Here's a dick another guy sent me. Yeah, honest. I don't know why. Ever since they put cameras on phones, it was headed towards this, sadly. Uh, just tells you how often it happens, but I don't understand. Now, okay, can I just give you, just by reading it, this is me in a nutshell listening to what happened. They met. He's interested. They exchanged numbers. He's interested. She thinks it's professional. She engages him. He gets more interested. He sends her a picture. She sends him a picture back. She did, yes. Which but was... it was a selfie. It was probably, but she's still reading between the lines there of the early exchanges. He got the wrong impression. It takes him 64 messages unanswered. And then for... And not that I'm, I, she should have told him a long time ago that, he, you know, because it got to the dick pic. And then she goes, that's inappropriate. And then he said, sorry. <laughs> then he cut it off four years ago. And now it's back out and it's ruining his career. Do you think he kind of got a bit of a raw deal? A little bit. Huh. Wow. A little bit. I mean, okay. 64 unanswered is a lot. But four years He's ago. crazy. Four years ago. when and she said that was inappropriate, he then ceased. So, he said, sorry. And stopped. And when she sent that picture, you said he got a different message. I'll tell you the message he got. Mm -hmm. It was the third base coach doing this. <laughs> come home. Come home. Dig for home. <laughs> I'm running around third. Because guys will take any little yeah. sign to go for it. Guys are aggressive base runners in today's yeah. dating world. I've never sent a selfie to someone that I wasn't interested in giving them the go sign. Just saying. That's he, your go sign. Well, I a mean, selfie? I don't, I don't, have, I don't have a go sign. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sign. I wouldn't say if you and I were texting about the day, and I was like, "Is this inappropriate? Is he hitting on me?" I wouldn't be like, "And here's a picture of me back." Right. Even if it's just selfie with the good, <laughs> hey, with the good lighting and the, the head <laughs> <laughs> profile or uh, <laughs> portrait mode. Yeah. Do you have Always a tissue? activate the portrait. Mode. I want to sneeze, and I don't want to sneeze <clears throat> in this van because we're six feet apart. Oh, forgot. I told you, I'm COVID. Uh, I'm COVID bulletproof okay. now. Let me just do this. Can you edit you go this ahead. moment off? Yes. 
Yes, I, I should have a tissue. I don't, though. All right, good. I I'll have just, water, I just want to make tissues. sure. This is, by the way, when Sorry. we get to sideline mishaps, remind me about nasal drip. Okay, okay, go ahead. All right, and we're back in three, two, one. Okay. All right, so this Jared Porter guy, I mean, idiot. Like, you should never in your professional realm mix that kind of stuff. It Especially happens, in this. I know it does. I used to get it back when I was single- and cell phones were available, luckily in my career, before right. I got married. I'm not that old. Um, but I used to get it from different athletes slash coaches, but not to the level of dick pic. I've never had an unwarranted dick pic sent to me. That must be shocking. Yeah. Women. Not to mention disgusting. It's not something that's like really attractive in no. a way. I don't understand. There's no angle you could take. There's no filter to make it better. I don't understand a filter. Why? A why someone filter. thinks that would? Somebody work. should make a dick pic filter. He was that desperate that he wanted her attention. I'm guessing that he wasn't getting any response, and it elevated to that. Maybe he was drinking, and that was his game. Let's just see if this works. I guess so. I just don't quite get it. Do you ever see the movie Superbad? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> the funniest was when he was describing his disorder uh, of having to draw penises and he's like and i'm drawing these big thick veiny ones and these small ones and they're spaceships and there's this <laughs> an actual psychological disorder he said yeah, yeah. is that the, true i don't know i've never looked it up it might be who knows um i it, the whole thing was just like ew but i yeah. can see that little girl sitting next to him in class looking at <laughs> screaming, it screaming ah! And you, that impression never goes away. No, you, it's it's bad. You are so. that's the uh, legit dick pic person. So yeah. don't know, stay don't, away from him. Don't do that, people. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Wait, can I ask yes. one quick follow up? Yes. Have you ever sent? Well, you've been married the whole no. time. There's been cameras and no, I've never sent a dick pic. <laughs> Anything oh, inappropriate? You're, <laughs> you're about to ask <laughs> me. That. Have I ever what? Have you ever? been misled or misinformed and gone after someone and it took a long time for you to realize that no, it was a red light. I've been married since the prehistoric Pre-marriage age. then, not cell phones. There was, uh, led on by somebody pre-marriage? No. Mm-hmm. I have ignored, in college there was a girl who I re- ignored her repeated stop signs as I tried to get her to go out with me to the point she had to then say very loudly in the campus little uh, convenience store, no, I don't want to go out with you, Steve. Stop (laughs) asking like that. In front of people? Oh, yeah. Oh, babe, (laughs) you don't recover from that for a while, I bet. That's... Still have. We need to have some therapy right now. You're good enough. You're Mary smart Ma- enough. And Mary- gosh darn it, people like you. Yeah, well, Mary McConnell, look what you missed out on, okay, honey. So- you you could be in this van right now. What are you doing? You're probably miserable. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Little- it was it was sort of like I felt like I was an extra in you know some uh, Russell Crowe movie. Some soldier just like I will die on this hill. Yeah. I was not going to take no for an answer, and then just boom, shot me down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are l- women who are very aggressive, um, too, and yeah. they, they have to get denied, but it doesn't happen as often. So when we get, I think, sexually rejected, it's really painful. Mm. I thought I think men just are like throwing noodles against the cupboard and see well, what lot sticks. Of, so a lot of guys be- are percentage shooters. They yeah. go, uh, I'm going to shoot 30 shots a game. So yeah. what if I only make six? Yeah. 
That's still good. I'm still in the box score that doesn't points. Keep shooting threes. You can't score if you don't shoot. Right, exactly. Well, I think part of it was this was my first semester freshman year in college at UC Santa Barbara. I am this East Coast nerd, kid who was in the band in high school, played golf, and I'm in California. I felt Santa Barbara, California. I felt like I was in the big leagues, and I felt like I had to get out there and say, okay, I can operate in this environment. But I just was stupid, and I picked somebody who I clearly was like, yeah, she's not into me. But there were others that that were that I could have asked out. It was just a weird thing. It was the chase. (laughs) No, it wasn't even the chase. It was the chase. I don't know what it was. You ignored the other ones. Anyway, Uh, no. Just so you know, that's how old I am. I think band and nerd, I think hot. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just were you maturity. in the band? were you in the band ever? No, but I wish I was. I really, wish I had some musical what, talent. What would you like to play instrument wise if you were in the band? I mean, they don't have piano there, so I couldn't say that. Then drums. Really? Yeah, drummer. Cool. I, would, I wish I was. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I, have I love zero I love, zero skills. Okay, I love drum lines, and I do love. There's plenty of girl drummers that are in high school drum lines, college drum lines. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, banging away, right? Getting all the aggression out, and then the little in the foot. But as a That's drummer, a- I never consider myself a musician. I consider myself a drummer. Ah, that to be a musician, you actually had to play an instrument with notes and scales and chords. What, were you drummer then? Yes. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So let's move off of that. Pam Oliver. Mm-hmm. Had an interesting sideline hit last Saturday night in which people were worried about her because it sounded like she might be having a stroke on the sideline. I think it was just she was very cold and she was trying to be deliberate with her words and they came out kind of sticky, for lack of a better word. Did you hear that? I did. Do you have the clip? I'll find the clip right now, but yes, go ahead. You can find it on Twitter. Um, It became a huge social media like firestorm, people were either defending her. I kind saw all of. these comments, uh, worried about her. Not like me, not like mean stuff, but worried about her. And I didn't, I, I didn't see where you didn't see how bad that. it was. No, I mean, I, I I listened to it a few times. I'm like, well, you know what's weird she is slurred that slurred like one or two words. It was freezing right. there, and she didn't even act like she noticed she slurred him. Right. <laughs> So you can't hear it very well, but it was kind of one word that I think she... Absences. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty much That's it. it. I've done so much worse. <laughs> oh, my God. You've done, uh, done sidelines for the Nationals. Yep. We call it dugout reporting. Dugout mm-hmm. reporting. Mm-hmm. What else? In-game. I've done in-game for the Capitals. Okay. And I've done in-game for the Maryland football team. So you've done football. Okay. And I've done shows pre and post for Redskins right there on the field. Okay. So field work. Before, before and after the broadcast right there, jumping on the field. As soon as the broadcast, like on the same channel. So if like you're on the sidelines at a football game, they make you stand out in the cold the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. Three and hours. Run, and you're running around. 
the whole time. Following Still, though. It. Yeah, and listening in. and That's fucking freezing. It's freezing. They should have a little hut oh. where you can go sit in you have between. Hand warmers. Right. I've been at Lambo for a division. I wasn't uh, sidelined, but I went to Lam- the frozen tundra for a uh, playoff game once really? against the Bucks. For who? Uh, for NBC okay. and back in the okay. day when we were there featuring some people. But I, it was a photographer slash reporter. I was okay. a one-man band at the time, so it was, I was early in my career. I can't remember what, name, what year it was. It was Brett Favre was the quarterback. Reggie Miller. <laughs> I'm like ago. literally flashing back right now. You have to kneel down, and I had the camera, so you run with the camera to try to get ahead of the plays. And you were neat. You, I think you still have to wear knee pads because yeah. you have to run the kneel. Sure. People behind you need to see. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cold out there, and you got to concisely get your point across on that sideline hit. You've got a minute. Actually, this is 32 seconds. 32 seconds. I don't think it was a terrible hit. And I know people who love to jump on the the anti-PAM bandwagon. Yeah. But I can see that one slur and raise her. I talked over Bob Carpenter, the, the voice of the Nationals, in the broadcast one time. How do you do that? There's always, you know. Was he super pissed? No, but I think he was like, what happened? Um, he was so nice to me. He was so, but nah, what, what happened was people were singing, take me out to the ball game. As soon as he was throwing to me, I have my, you know, your IFB cord is hooked to something inside. So it doesn't, all those cords don't, it's this little box mm-hmm. and there's a volume. I had it like, I didn't have, I was wearing a dress. Women wear a dress. You put on the bra. You can't reach it. So you set it and you can't reach it. <laughs> and so I can't adjust the volume. So when he's talking. You couldn't hear him. They started singing, take me out to the ball game. That moment all around me, packed stadium or packed uh, uh, Nats Park. And uh, I can't hear anything. And I swear I heard go. That's I was like, and I'm literally, I think they're coming to me. And you said that like you're, you kind of do this to your ears so you can hear better. I heard go, and I just started. My mic must have been hot because normally the producer would have stopped you and started you again. Right. But my mic was hot, and I'm talking over him. It was so bad. Yeah. And MLB broadcasts are like they are like the show. It was you know when I I have pictures from just right before the COVID where I'm sitting on the field ready to do a hit. Somebody's holding a towel for me. Somebody's holding a fan and an umbrella. So keep the sun. I mean, then there's somebody else behind the camera. All four people assigned to make me look oh, good. For it's little the old show. You. It's I the know. Show. You're like I'm in the show. And I talk over Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to talk over Bob yeah. when you're at the show. Uh, <laughs> those stuff. That stuff happens back in Iowa, right? But it did it. So when Pam Oliver slurs a word, and what was the temperature there? In wasn't that cold, but it was 35. And it was at night, and there was probably yeah. wind, and she yeah. maybe didn't even hear herself say it. I was like, what? was the big deal if i had to do tight 30 second no notes hits i'd choke like a motherfucker no you no, wouldn't yes i would no yeah no i'd seriously i'm comfortable in long form make some mistakes fix it go back and forth kind of discussion formats that's what i do that's yeah. what i've done in terms of nailing it oh i'd be like uh, uh. well i mean i only nailed it like two out of 200 times i mean as far as going home and be like i nailed that you have an idea you had some conversations you don't know in baseball you don't know how much time that you have because when they throw to you you have to be out before the first pitch when before they actually deliver it because the announcer wants to chance to call it if it's a home run so every pitch could be a home run and you don't want your mm-hmm. dugout person so you're watching the game and let's say I'm talking about 
Victor Robles. Do you remember how he always had a propensity to lean in, mm-hmm. get hit by pitch, and he was um, he was leaning in, and and uh, I think he had been, maybe even been hit by a pitch, and I remember him being on the on-deck circle, and they throw to me to talk about my conversation with him and why he doesn't wear that uh, C-flap that yeah. to, to protect himself because he's hit so much. So you just talk about that, and earlier that day he had worn, a, as a joke, a fire helmet inside the batting cages. And so I'm relaying that story in a very conversational way, and you just have to, like, end it abruptly. So if you can end it in a funny way when they're, they're about to, like, they're, the pitcher is getting set and say, you know, ah, oh, to be 21 again, not worry. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you just, if you can end it with them laughing and engaging, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So I only had that a couple of times. Okay. I Are you going to be back this year for the Nets? I don't know. God, I, I hope know. that's the I case. I thought, I mean, I went to spring training. I had some assignments for Masson, the, uh, that's the uh, network that covers the games. I was still down as one of their freelancers. Yeah. And, and then COVID hit. Hopefully we'll they get didn't need me for 60-game season. We'll I see know. if they need me next year. Do you think I'm too old? There's no one my no. age out there anymore. I really honestly, my my my, I feel like the future is on hold and ca- or canceled in some instances. Like who, I'm getting old. This is it. <laughs> this, these we're are all my, getting older. Yeah, but you don't see my age on TV anymore. I hear you. You don't see everyone who gets old. You're like, they're they're going for the young people. I know, and I don't know why. I'm so much better than them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Screw those young people. I'm just kidding. No, you're not too fucking old, and I would hire you, and let's hope you get back on the sidelines. I, Period. Amen. I met this girl the other day. She was like, she was in her 20s. She looked older than me, older than that, but she goes, oh, my God, I want to be you when I grow up. And I was literally like, are you kidding me? I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> That's what she said. Bitch, huh? back off. <laughs> I want to be you when I grow uh-huh. up. I uh-huh. guess that's a compliment. I guess. But then you have to be like, no, because you'll take my job then. No, I yeah, like they're that. already coming for me, all I those know. interns I used to have. Yeah, the sideline reporting job is interesting because I think it's a nice spice note for a game broadcast, but they don't let you guys report on as much as you should be able to report on. And it is oftentimes just such a token, attractive female job. There's just not many male sideline oh, reporters. Dan Polka was great at it. He was not an attractive. He's attractive male. I, fine. But that's like one guy. Yeah. So There's not anyway. many of them. Right. Uh, I think it's an, actually I found it to be very valuable in terms of the broadcast. I felt like I had a lot to add every day. Good. Good. So there. So what would you think of Drew Brees? And his family and Brady, that scene out there on the field after that game was over and the fact that this could have been it for Breeze hasn't officially said he's going to retire, but we kind of think he is. Look at Tom Brady getting me to like him a little bit, going out there. and Are you an anti-Bradyite? Yeah, Why, What don't you like about Brady? Wish I could explain it. Just he's so good. And he's been so he's around for so long, and I'm so sick of him that I just am anti. Like I always bad, want him to lose. Do you know that people you think he's a bad? You knock people off the pedestal. People <laughs> knock, knock him, him off. Down. Every year, I'm like, nope, he's too old. Nope, not his time. He's someone else's due, and every year he proves me wrong. People think he's much. a bad loser. Yeah, he's kind of that. He, he will clump you need that off. To be great. You a lot of times, he's not as gracious as he could be. See him screaming at people on the sideline. You know, throwing a fit when his receiver doesn't make a catch. Um, I don't know. His UGG commercial always just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. Okay. Um, Maybe go way back to when he left his pregnant girlfriend for Giselle. I kind of. Bridget Moynihan. Yeah. I kind of, you know, there's a long line of Brady. (laughs) And now he's, 
But you know what, though? I'm kind of rooting for him. It's the weirdest thing. Now, I know that the Bucks out of the, the final four, the Bucks are, are favored, you know, the least, I think, right. out of the four. I think isn't the um, no, I think the Chiefs. It's Chiefs, Packers, Bills, then, okay. then Bucks as far well, as Chiefs, betting, as far as betting goes. Right. The last line I looked. Right. The Chiefs are sitting there trying to figure out, can we pawn off on the world that Mahomes didn't have a concussion, that it's a neck nerve yeah. issue? Which is now people are going, really? Because normally concussions are almost always two-week deals, and yeah. they don't have two weeks. They need him now. Yeah. So they're You like, don't oh, stumble around thing. like that with a neck injury. That's what people were we saying. We all were watching him not know what day it was. It was <laughs> right. a head injury. Right. Your leg nerves are in your back, your lower back. They're not in your neck. Yeah. But, yeah. hey, I'm no doctor. I'm not either, but as a mother and the people they're trying to... Make, make sure football that football like safe. it's safe. That you, That's scary because it wasn't even that big of a hit. No, but his head got piled into the ground. I, I covered this kid out in Colorado. I'll never forget it. And it's why I was so thankful when my kids played football and then stopped, stopped playing, playing football. football uh, because of the video uh, that I'll never forget of this high school kid getting tackled in the rain and his helmet got stuck in the mud and he cobbled over and he broke oh, his neck. No. And I did a story on him. Uh, Broke his neck and uh, was paralyzed getting his helmet stuck in the mud? Yes, helmet got stuck in the mud, and the way he was tackled, it broke his neck. Paralyzed. But I was there the day he took his first step, which was about a year and a half later with the NBC and Denver Can he walk again? I wish wish I could do an update with him and see what happened, but he was taking little baby steps, but it had Mm. been paralyzed up to that point. So speaking of, you know, comebacks and injuries, Alex Smith... Apparently, this 60 Minutes piece on him was new. Did you see it? I, I didn't because I thought it was a recycled piece from... I've already heard the story of Alex Smith. I've seen it. It's amazing. I saw it. I go, okay, CBS is recycling some stuff. But apparently, it's new because he said what he did this year to play has only emboldened him that he can play next year. Yes. Yes. So, as Nora O'Donnell, I believe, did the story for 60 Minutes, there was a lot of recycled as someone who's followed the story very closely. Um, I learned some new things, and there was some new video. Did you know eight surgeries in, like, 10 days? When? Uh, There was a span. Initially. When they were trying to save his leg. I knew we said 19, 17, 19 17 or so is the number total. total. They had, like, eight Eight in in 10 10 days. days. They were to keep taking pieces of his leg. I got to see his leg, what it looks like now, uh, without, you know, anything on it. They, we oh, got the to now see, picture. The now picture of Not him. Not the half-eaten chicken wing picture, the, which is enough to make you throw up. I've seen that half-eaten chicken wing looking. No. And he's playing football on it. It's it's a, a bone. They took all everything off of this <laughs> leg. There's you know, they, you know how they said it was a calf injury? I'm looking at the video of him of now and thinking, there is no calf. Of course, it's not a calf injury. There is nothing left there, basically. And that's why he has what they call foot drop, why he can't pick his foot up on his own, why he has to wear that special brace on the field while he's playing. He has no business playing anymore. He has no business playing anymore. He's going to get pressure. He's going to get chased around. I'm sorry. I think it's an amazing story. Nora O'Donnell called it the greatest sports comeback ever. And I was thinking about it, you know, because all my sports comebacks that come to my head are, you know, on the field, like achievements like like Tom Brady and the Falcons or whatever, you know, 28 to 3 I'd comebacks. say from injury – Ben Hogan coming back from his near-fatal car accident and winning the U.S. Open is up there. 
Ben what? Roethlisberger had a near-fatal mo- motorcycle incident. Uh, it was after- bad. I don't know if it was near-fatal, but yeah. Here, let's, yeah. let me Google greatest sports comebacks from injury. So what? So who's going to talk Alex Smith out of playing? Doesn't look like his wife. You can see his face. She's so hot. Wait, was she's that my really, out loud voice? She's Sorry. really cute. Yeah, she's really cute. You should sure, see the story just for seeing this. She's, she's, she's the so way they perfect. look at each other. He's such a good guy. I think. Uh, he is. Well, he's dreamy. Hate, he's dreamy. He's just a. He's, he's dreamy. She's a smoke that. show. They're perfect. The comeback's incredible. I don't believe perfect anymore. We all know <laughs> everybody's human. They look perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Don't believe everything you see. I'm sure. <laughs> I know. I I'm know. I'm sure they have bad days. Those little sons of God. Bless their heart. Bless their heart. <laughs> Please post perfect about family. them, Smiths. I want to hear about, about warts and all. I mean. So maybe the the only thing to keep him coming back is no team will sign him, and you know that's what the Wolfskins have to deal with. How, do they want to try to bring him back at a lesser salary? They can't carry him at his current cap no, if number. They, if they uh, cut him now, right? Yeah. They, it's ten million against the cap, and if yeah. they don't, it's like up to twenty or something. So they have to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Except uh, he was what five and one as a starter, possibly. Uh, Bethany Hamilton, the one armed surfer, mm. who. Lost her arm in a shark attack. Crazy story, but you don't surf with your arm. So, I mean, I know it's balance and everything. <laughs> Take a leg away, and then we're talking. You're a cold-hearted son of a bitch. Unbelievable. <laughs> You're like, I don't think so. Well, I so. mean, he's on one leg on a football field, so. I believe Ayrton Senna, race car driver, came back from an unbelievable crash. Still uh, thing, it's the motor doing the talking. Yeah, okay. Keep All going. Right. Well, Keep then, going next. Uh, uh, There's just various little ones. Uh, Clint Malarchuk, hockey goalie, who almost had his, well, did have his throat slit and was probably a minute away from bleeding out on the ice. Did you ever see the video of Clint Malarchuk? I, yeah, the skate. Yes. Uh, Nikki, I'm sorry, Nikki Lauda, not uh, Ayrton Senna. 39 days after being a part of a brutal crash at the 76 German Grand Prix, that he was trapped in his car engulfed in flames. Lauda returned to his race car and finished fourth at the Italian Grand Prix. Had severe burns to his head and inhaled dangerous gases while trapped in his car. Pretty amazing comeback. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So Alex Smith's definitely above all of those. Yeah. All right. The divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. Okay, let's get to the you interview me portion, and then we can go have some lunch. 
All right. This is exciting. I've wanted to do this. The floor is yours. For, when's Ms. the last time? Maloney. Let's start with how many questions do I get? Does it depend on time and, and the quality of questions? It, until I storm off the set saying, that's it. This interview is over. Do you know who did that to me? Jason Worth. So embarrassing. I've never published it. I've never really talked about he's it. He's a dick. No, he's he was great to me. He didn't no, he have wasn't. to sit down with he I asked off. him about bromance with Bryce Harper. And he, and he didn't goes, like that. This interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> Walked away. Aren't, I was like, please don't do this. He was cool with me later. It's just that he was like, mm, you said bromance. Aren't bromances funny? I thought so. And they had just done the stepbrothers picture, him and Bryce Harper. But anyway, Romances okay. are interesting, especially in sports. I was talking yesterday about the Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen bromance. Because you see how those guys are like, he's my best buddy and he's my little brother, he's calling them. Well, I mean, Stefan Diggs has also a very, uh, you know, selfish reason to show that he's cool with quarterbacks, too. Like, you know what I mean? Because well, he of what hated, happened with Kirk he hated Cousins. Kirk. Yeah. So now so he's, he's got to yeah. go a little, it's like overcorrecting, I think, a little bit. Okay, when I see possibly that. so. Um, okay, so okay, interviewing you. Uh, nothing's off the table. I guess you have editorial control, so we'll find Fire out. Fire away. You can ask anything you want. We'll really? see if I answer. Um, when did you start going bald? And how did you bald? <laughs> and how did this you? This interview is over. <laughs> and how did you react to it? I think you're a sexy bald man. Thank you very um, much. Did it was it early? Sc- I knew in high school I was on borrowed time because yeah. it was thin and it was getting peninsula like even in high school. But there are photos of me in college. It probably hung in through college the best it could, but it wasn't really very thick or present up there. And, uh, yeah, and so I'd say shortly after college, it just, I mean, it's, it's been a steady retreat through the years. Weren't you so happy? Because I was thinking the timing might no. coincide with Michael Jordan making bald so cool and no. hot, and lots of people shave their head that are not bald. Yeah, no. I was never happy. I'm not happy. I'd love to have hairy na- hair now, but I don't obsess about it. Because, yeah. you know, been married for all these years, and it doesn't matter. Put the sweatpants and- on. It's over, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm in the give-up phase. Okay. Okay, my next question. Um, did your career so far, and I know it's not over, at, I mean, even the slightest, but have you matched your expectations or dreams that you had hmm. when you got into the business? You studied no. communications. You studied political science, if I remember correctly. Yeah, poli sci and communications. And you went off to these dreams to have this big career. You're a national talk show host. You have this podcast. You have a million things to do. You're on the air like 24-7. Have you accomplished what you wanted to? You know, part of it is I didn't ever write down, here's what I want to do. And maybe that's a mistake, maybe not. But the bottom line was, at one point I thought when I was on Fox Sports Radio in the morning, and Fox Sports Radio was kind of on par with ESPN Radio, I thought, okay, I got a shot at being a national morning show sports host that is at least on the same level. Now, ESPN, obviously, has way more assets, way more might behind it. But quickly, things got out of whack because Fox Sports Radio was not really Fox Sports. It was just branded that. It wasn't backed by the Fox Television Network, unlike ESPN. And ESPN could leverage the ESPN brand. And so Mike and Mike got pushed into all these affiliates, and 
it was a good enough show, but it was very safe. It was very Disney-esque, and they got the huge company push. And so their affiliates took off because ESPN rose to prominence in the early 2000s. And then Fox Sports kind of drifted. And then the guy who championed me and hired me for Fox Sports Radio, uh, Andrew Ashwood, may he rest in peace, died of uh, of uh the Alex Trebek cancer, the awful one, mm-hmm. uh, not colon cancer, but uh, pancreatic cancer, yeah. the worst. Uh, he died, and then the new asshole who was there just had his own ideas. And so he fired me for Stephen A. Smith, who lasted a year. And that was kind of it. That was sort of falling off the national stage. And then you fall off that stage, and it's hard to get back on because other people have other ideas about, no, I'm going to take this guy or this gal, and make him or her the next big thing. But you still made it national, and a lot of people don't. Yeah. And I know that's uh, it's kind of like, you know, yeah. glass half empty, half full kind of thing, but you had to probably be pretty, had... pretty shock jockey to get there, do you feel like? Well, I didn't want to do radio that was just going to be safe and Here's the box score. Here's this or that. Like, I was at ESPN Radio briefly in the fall of 99. And they had just, Tony Bruno had just left because he didn't like what was going on. Bruno's brilliant, but he's also very prickly at times. All right? So it was Golick in an empty chair. And they had me sit in. I did three shows with Mike Golick in the fall of 1999 on ESPN Radio. And they liked me up there. Yeah, but you were. They offered me a job up there. We didn't get to the point of compensation or day part. They didn't say, you're going to be the next guy with Golik. But I did three days with him because I was doing overnights on ESPN radio. Mm-hmm. Back when they didn't care about radio at ESPN, they had the studio was not much bigger than this van, believe it or not, because it was an afterthought at the time. We're talking 1999, all right? Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to live in Connecticut, just got married, just had our first child, and said, no, nah, there's a chance to do some radio down in D.C. I'm going to take that chance instead. Yeah. And believe me, ESPN was like, what? You're saying no to us? Yeah. And they were kind of right. It was dumb. From a career standpoint, it was dumb. So if you could go back and do one thing over. Yeah, I'd, I'd take them up on the offer for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in Denver uh, used to, when I fell in love with sports talk radio. And can you believe it, Jim Rome? You would be the only one that would fill in for him that I thought had any talent at all. That could well, that was one of my huge lucky breaks because the guy that was in charge of Rome at Premier Radio Networks liked me and knew me and said, would you like to fill in from time? You know, we could use you to fill in. So that was a huge break. I mean, it was, but it was a tough show, and you, you channeled Rome without with your own personality instead of – like acting like, you know, some people would come in and try to do Rome. They couldn't do it. Yeah. You were doing Zabe, but it was right on the same level. The so hardest, it was an easy listen. Yes. The hardest thing was, and this was also one of my great opportunities, day after 9-11, Jim Rome's like, I'm taking off. The hell, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be here for three days. They needed somebody to do the show. I was in D.C. They said, would you do the show? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did three shows, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the week of 9-11. On Jim Rome's show. And I can't remember what I talked about for three hours with no sports going on, with the world upside down. Did you have guests? I think so. Yeah. Do you know I had to do sports shows at uh, what's now NBC Sports Washington? Yeah. Um, we They would not let us cancel. <laughs> right. And, we, and I remember Christine Brennan coming in going, 
you know, just why are we here? She said on the air, I don't understand this. <laughs> why are we here? <laughs> Someone's got to, we got spots today. sold and we got to fulfill them. Yeah. yeah. And so you just feel really s- silly, but you acknowledge the fact and you're like, we're trying to provide mm-hmm. some sense of normalcy and we're going to try to talk about sports right. and how it's being affected and, right, 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 and right. try to entertain you in a different way than sitting at the TV. Mm. Tomorrow is the uh, inauguration in this city might go crazy again like it did last no. week. Do you? I mean, how can it? The who whole knows? the whole city's locked down. I know, you can't but get I'm into the reading city. and seeing stuff. I'm just yeah, saying there's okay. a slight possibility yeah. when that happens. Yeah. That was my next question. When that happens, is it difficult for you to stick to sports? Do you like to go take left turns? No, I said this yesterday on the podcast. I said, you know what? There there are discussions about civics and government and politics that can be had in a barstool type environment. My biggest mistake is thinking that this podcast can replicate accurately when it comes to politics, a barstool argument, because these discussions are three beer discussions minimum, if not six beer discussions. It has to be a lot of back and forth and a lot a lot of, of stupid just throwing at each other too. When well, you talk it, about three beers, six beers in. <laughs> well, no, but the thing is, it's a lot of wrestling with why do you believe that? Okay, and then challenging someone's belief that you disagree with, them challenging you, you offering information or what you perceive to be the truth or facts, them coming back at you. And it's like this big, long wrestling match when you're, no one's going to probably win, but that's the only way to have a real dialogue. You can't have a kind of dialogue in this format where it's just me talking or just us talking because someone's going to say, you didn't bring up A, B, C, D, and E regarding yeah. subject one, two, three, and 4. What I will say about the inauguration is this. I think it's a national tragedy that it'll be so locked down with troops in the greatest country in the world, America. Now, whose fault that is, is a nine beer Mm -hmm. conversation. You mean in length. I get it. Not in loss of blood of no. brain cells i'm thinking no, i mean you want- <laughs> yes i mean it's gonna take nine beers to go through i was like that. you want me to get super stupid and just stay a bunch of so putting three the beers in putting for me the, and i'm drunk so putting, i'm not i don't know what i'm saying putting the blame aside what i fear is that the city will never go back to what it once was and having grown up here in dc and been to downtown not in dc but in you know virginia mm-hmm. and having been downtown any number of times you go downtown to the mall you play softball go walk up and down the monument to all the other monuments and memorials. There weren't giant unscalable fences and barbed wire and blockades. And you combine what happened on January 6th with 9-11 with a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, the days of sledding on Capitol Hill, which kids would do when it would snow, or just going on your cross-country skis across the mall and they'd get photographs of it. Beautiful stuff. I don't know if they'll ever come back. Yeah. So. Yeah. Future, my last question. You said a lot of things over the years. Was it 20-something years, 25 years of career? Maybe 30? I don't know. All your years, you said things that have either you know, got you great attention, maybe got you in trouble, both. <laughs> Is there one that stands out the most? Like, you think the, the greatest hit of, state, of Steve Zavin? <laughs> The greatest bid I ever did. The greatest riff Attention, I ever did. Attention, trouble, both, whatever. What stands out the most? I think people like the stupid Mel Candy Jr. bit on Halloween the most. 
where I would just go through all my favorite candies, rat-a-tat-tat, Mel Kuyper Jr. style, talking about candies like they were draft prospects, yeah. you know? You got your M&M's, <laughs> M&M's plain, M&M's peanut. It's a great family of M&M's. They're coming out with new ones all the time. <laughs> I got this new rookie. It's called a watch em a call it you know? We got, and, and I would just break it down. I'd have all the categories. People like people like that stuff more than you would believe. When I did this bit, where are you at, what you hauling on the national show? People loved it, and it was literally just I want to hear from truckers. Yeah, and yeah. I, I only wanted two things: where are you, what's in your truck. I love it. And by the way, I quote you sometimes. I call someone, where, where are you at, at? what you hauling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, All right, that's it. That's the interview. That was easy. I have more, but we'll oh. save it for maybe next week. Okay. How about a sports one? Okay, sports one. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Shit, I'd like to know and make a lot of money. I know. Um, Question, if the Packers make it, should I drive this van down to Tampa for the week? Yeah, you should. And just catch interviews when I can. Yes, a thousand percent yes, because you are a Packer fan as much as the Skins. Yeah. Sorry, did I say Skins? I know. It's all right. No, the, the whole dual citizenship thing is rubbing some people the wrong way, and, and, and a lot of the Twitter people don't like me tweeting about the Packers and Wisconsin stuff, but hey, that's my job now. Yeah. And, well, and you know, so I feel like I've paid my dues. I'm coming up on two years of my own show in Milwaukee and 24 years on another morning show there, so it's not like I'm parachuting in from nowhere, like, hey, everybody, yay Packers. Yeah. So, no, I get it, but you... You are going to be wearing the cheese head. I mean, I'm going to expect half expecting. I don't know about that. And seeing a cheese head, and I'll be fine with it because I love you either way. All right. What is your favorite steak? Do you know they have something here called a tomahawk, which is a hundred bucks for the palm? Will serve. I think it's for sharing. It's a pretty tender piece of meat, but it has a huge bone. It looks like something. Have you seen it? Tomahawk ribeye. Yeah, it's a Delicious. classic staple at many high-end it, uh, steakhouses. It's not a lunch meal. Uh, it says so <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I can't nap the rest of the day. Okay. Uh, so today will probably just be steak Caesar salad. All right. A little like um, New York strip maybe. What and about who, you? Our general uh, fillet is pretty much the way I go. Our general manager who is going to host us today, Eric Larson. Okay. And he would love to join us and talk about dining in during COVID or some of the challenges and we can talk about the steak industry and uh, hopefully we can get that together next week. He, he couldn't leave the restaurant, the Palm here and Tyson's too today because they're so busy. Okay. Maybe we do a steak cast with him next week or a couple weeks later. We'll do a couple mm-hmm. weeks from now. And I, I got a million questions about the steak industry, where they get their cuts, the competition for it. Are they really better than the stuff you get at the store? Uh, how about, preparing them i'm sure they've got special ovens that sear them a certain way and grills that do a certain thing and chefs that prepare them etc etc there's so many high-end steakhouses out there that is the competition for people's 50 bucks for a steak is pretty high and the palm which has an amazing history coming and it's one of those new york strip or new york steakhouses even here in virginia and when you go to different palms all over the country if yeah you, you get that the New York Steakhouse feel, yes. cartoons on the wall, right. and it makes you just, and the smell of like- Is your you know, caricature on the wall in there? Oh, no, but Feldy has one in D.C. Yeah, Dave, uh, Dave Feldman, Feldman, of course my he does. old uh, radio <laughs> co-host, and we used to have to sit next to it. I'd be like, oh my <laughs> he God, He would make Feldy. you sit next to it. <laughs> Feldy is so into himself. <laughs> yeah. 
as I like to say, find somebody who loves you as much as Feldy loves himself. That is not true. I'm we, just kidding. <laughs> Feldy, we love you. All right. All right. So you have seen the Tiger Woods documentary, Carol. Yes. Part one and part two. That's right. How many parts are that's there? All, that's all there is. Yeah. It ended with him. And that right now, the story is still unwritten, whatever happens next. I thought it was compelling as fuck. And I thought it was fair, unlike some people. You'll weigh in on that in just a second. And I thought it was properly redemptive in the final 30 minutes with how they treated him. Also, my fascination, and I don't want to say admiration, but my just my fascination with him as an athlete and as a competitor grew tremendously watching it. The guy is a freak in a lot of ways. It's amazing. I, I, I thought it was one of the best pieces of television I've seen in a long time. Wow. Okay, wow. I'll hang up and listen off the air. Go. Okay, my take was that I had a stomach ache from the beginning oh because of the, how they vilified the dad. I've, I, I know he put all that pressure on him. And I know everyone's parenting style was different. But if you want great, that's what it shows. You're going to push your kid and put all this pressure on him. And out of the, you know, a thousand that have mental issues on without the greatness, one might come and actually live up to the kind of, you know, uh, expectations that you have. And the way his, uh, I guess, the way the way he did it was vilified. And I thought... That wasn't fair and didn't sit with me early because he's not here anymore. Yeah. Because the music was sinister whenever they showed his face. <laughs> it was just, it for me, it was just the wrong, and I knew it was like kind of an, an uncensored, right? Yeah. Uh, it was an uncensored kind of look at Tiger. It, wasn't it was approved, unauthorized. Unauthorized look. It wasn't approved by him. It wasn't like the last dance uh, where they used this old footage. I was fascinated. Don't. Get me wrong. Very compelling. So you thought, watched, Earl, you thought Earl Woods was done wrong in the parenting tiger aspect. He's got all aspect. the blame of all his psychological issues. Even though and I know parents, he was a philandering bag of shit outside his marriage. Okay. They made innuendos that he would take these. Innuendos. Uh, they they just, had the video of the Winnebago. Yeah, I know. What is that? So he went in for a drink. I was like. Oh, really? Just a I'm drink. Just, <laughs> Well, I know the guy naive. said, we're sorry, and he goes, I was running around, too. He was a legendary womanizer. Now, the truth is, Arnold Palmer was a womanizer. Exactly. It was a different day and age, though. Exactly. Nicholas was not. Nicholas Michael Jordan. Nicholas the lottery with, you know, Barbara and the perfect marriage. But everyone's different. Here's what I got into it with our friend Andy Poland on Monday on this podcast. He didn't like the fact that Earl broke up Tiger's first girlfriend. I said... Good job by Earl because she's like, I didn't even know they had a golfing team. I couldn't believe. Bothered you? Yes, that be. And also, she said he had this big shrine to himself in his house. And I'm like, woman, yeah, that's what athletic. Every prodigy has a shrine. Yes. They don't put those pictures up. The parents do. No, 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 the kids do too. I mean, kids, if they win trophies and if they win awards, they like that stuff. Why? Yeah. And why shouldn't? Display, but a shrine, that's a parent's job. 
Just saying. What's a shrine versus, hey, I've got... A shrine has a light. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you define. If, it has a, if you have to take your shoes off before going in. If it's just a dusty in. shelf and there's a million trophies in there, or is a case and stuff thrown in there, that's the kid. If it's here's, a shrine... Here's what really bothered me about girlfriend number one, is that she said, you know, there's other things in life besides golf. Yeah. Not if you're going to be a Tiger Woods, if you're the next no. great thing. Right. He put that, he's going to change golf. The dad said, you're going to change golf. You're going to be Gandhi. It's going to be, you know, epic or whatever. The that was over the top. That yes. was over the top. Tiger Woods, that girlfriend, what that breakup said to me was it was the beginning of him running away from conflict, just drop, like what he did to all the I found a sympathetic view to a lot, to Tiger and the women. Huh. He just, he loved and he just cut you off. He compartmentalized. He cut off the first girlfriend. He cut off his dad. He cut off all the women he was having affairs with who thought he was in love with them. Mm. It wasn't like they were mate poaching. They knew what they were doing. Cut they Stevie Williams in, out of his life when he went to cut go caddy, caddy for cut the caddy. Adam Scott. He had cut no, Hank Haney out I of his life. I look at that, those two episodes and I thought, that man... He doesn't have siblings. Like, I would need therapy if I didn't have siblings. They're, my sisters are the ones that know everything about me, that still love me completely. Tiger has stepsisters. He They're doesn't the have... children of Earl's affairs. He has like never Cheyenne had was. someone who would have his back unconditionally. And for right. that, I feel terrible for someone with that kind of pressure in the spotlight. Here's where I don't think Earl was this overbearing Marv Marinovich type to his son. You can't make a kid who isn't into it sit there and hit golf balls for hour, hours. You, the way Tiger would sit in a chair and watch Dad hit balls into the net in the garage tells me that Tiger had an aptitude and a passion for the sport that was going to compel him. You don't think there are a million other Earl Woods out there? But what happens is the kids get to a certain age and they rebel. Tiger did not rebel and leave the sport in high school or college. You know why? Off the rails because he, he loved, loved it. it. Yes, yeah. thank you. Exactly. That's my... That's your point. That's my point. So I was not... And I know a lot of people who have thrown away promising opportunities because of a girl. No offense. But they, you know, they, they, they fall in love and they, they say, I'm going to go be with her in college or this or that. And then they forget whatever else they were doing. And I just think there's a time and a place for everything. Plus, Tiger is his first girlfriend. What does he know? Yeah, but why do you write a letter and dump it after three years? Come on. Well, what should he have done? What's the proper breakup move for well, something like that? I don't like know the that? situation, but definitely face-to-face. <laughs> okay. Did they ever speak again? I don't think so. She no. was going to go track him down. Yeah. I mean, by the way, I was like, you should go, bitch, go track him down. <laughs> you need an explanation. You need to say, I don't love you anymore. You need to see it. It needs to be like an open casket of a death. You need to see the look in his eyes, stone cold. You're 19. I don't love you anymore. You're exactly. 19. Your first love, though. Three yeah. years. You're 19. You don't need that explanation. What's the explanation? Here's the explanation. My parents don't want me to see you Here's anymore. the explanation. I'm 19. I'm going to be on the PGA Tour. Yeah. It's over. No, no, it's fine. I You're think... my first girlfriend. You know what? It was nice. I got to focus on no my golf. No one thinks it's forever at 19, she mostly. Did. I think she was kind of bitter because she saw Elon's divorce lottery ticket. Oh, maybe. I am bitter. Maybe. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. I think I was like the same age. I could have. Like, oh, dang, he came, she had One of his to. first professional tour events when he turned pro when he was so young, I was 
um, just out of college in at um, in uh, Quad Cities. Remember, mm-hmm. remember the John Deere Classic? Wasn't that one of his first as as a as a teenager? As no, a professional. Uh, Brown Deer in Wisconsin in Milwaukee was his first pro tournament. Okay, it was one of the first. Then and he came by, and I and he finished being like, "All right, <laughs> yeah. you say hello." So anyway, moving on deeper into the documentary, uh, I thought the second part was compelling in terms of... I love the second... If you're going to watch one, watch the second one. No, watch them both. Why would you only watch one? second one was... I, it sat better. It was just so... Um, just to watch the fall. And that was the soap opera of it, the fall, and then the comeback and the crowds again. A lot of people hate the National Enquirer guy. Uh-huh. Wow, they were following him? I, this is what they do, people. They I have no animosity towards what they do. This is how they make their living. It's also how they make celebrities big stars, the Inquirer. And when you are living a fake life, like that guy said, you better be buttoned up or we'll get you. They used the waitress from Perkins. They used the information of that affair to get him on the cover of Men's Fitness. Oh, yeah. And then Tiger Tiger didn't think, oh, shit, we dodged a huge one. I better clean it up. I need to dial it down. He didn't. The other biggest mistake was that fucking blue curtain press conference that Dan Stein, not Dan Steinberg, uh, Mark Steinberg, his agent, arranged. Dumb. That was the dumbest. Everybody looks like so sad. It was weird. Yeah. He just wanted to make a public apology. Everyone's sitting there like Uh, this. And he hugs his mother. It looks like she wants to be anywhere else. So she looks so pissed. Yeah. I got a buddy who's, uh, whose wife is uh, Asian. And he said, oh, I've seen that Asian tiger mom look. You better run away oh. when you see that look on an Asian tiger mom. Because <laughs> she was pissed. <laughs> if uh, if we're going back and really analyzing. So he started to go to Vegas. He's young. He's rolling with these other people who are doing it. He gets a taste of it. And he just goes crazy with that whole double life, right? Because yeah. he needs a different identity. And he it would have. to check out of that Tiger Woods and that image. And, and then- it would have been fine. If he was Derek Jeter, who was not married. Jeter went through all kinds of famous, hot women, and who knows who else. Jeter reportedly would give his conquests a gift basket in the black town car when they left for the night. Did you ever hear about that story? You didn't? No. Yes. Jeter reportedly had this gift basket for when he would sleep with a woman for the first time. Yeah. And you would get, like, I don't know, some some bath perfumes, uh, some chocolates, and a signed Jeter baseball (laughs) in the limo. Here's some swag going away present. Yes, he'd be like, there's a car for you downstairs. And it's like, all right, I just slept with Jeter, and look at this basket (laughs) and a collectible. All of that is fine if you're not married. But he was married, and he was fronting this perfect little life. That was not the case. Yeah. And he got busted because he was careless. Right. Don't blame and the Inquirer for doing what they do. If it would have just been the one woman, the Rachel... You could tell? You could tell. If it would have just been her, and that's who got him busted. They were texting, right? And oh, yeah. If it would have just been that, could you? would you have more sympathy for him? He fell in love with someone else. He was still keeping the image up because he fell in love with someone else. And I don't know. I just... It was because... I don't know how many ended up being outing you know was it up to a hundred women no it's not a hundred 
I read somewhere a hundred. I swear the New York Post had. had there might had have been a, there might have been a hundred. I mean, he, they had the madams on there talking about he would order eight or nine women at a time in Vegas yeah. from you know, the escort services. Yeah. So That's there might ridiculous. up to a hundred women, according to this yeah. New York Post article. I may be wrong, but I know there was a headline of a hun- up to a hundred women. If it had just been one, if he just hmm. had had one, would it have been better? Would it have? Or would it? Would his you? His image have... wouldn't have taken such a hit. It was well, because of the masses of people that were like, he's in love with me. It's supposed to just be me. Yeah, I, I, I thought what he should have done, and I said this at the time, I, should, I said, you, you come out to a regular tour press conference and say, look, uh, I've got issues at home. They're my business. That's kind of like what Pete McDaniel said in the documentary. Mm-hmm. That stupid press, that did nothing. And say, look, you know, I got problems, and uh, I'm going to work them out with my family, and I appreciate everyone respecting that. And uh, now I'm going to go play golf because this is what I do for a living, and I'm going to work on the mistakes and the mess I've made in my personal life on my own time. And if sponsors wanted to drop him for that, like the guy said, fine, you'll get him back eventually. They all dropped him anyway. Yeah. So the blue, the blue curtain press conference didn't do anything. Yeah. And the Blue Curtain press conference, awkward and cringy as it is, is now forever. It's forever. forever. We got the videotape yeah. of it. Yeah. We also oh, have forever God. the Masters chairman just basically lambasting How would you feel Tiger. about that? I thought it was totally inappropriate. 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 Uncalled for. Did not belong. He. We do not need his opinion mm-hmm. on what Tiger Woods has done in his personal life at that press conference. Do you know how many of those old stodgy green coats have skeletons in their closets exactly i bet exactly yeah but that was that was him dunking on him i think i think it was the masters and billy payne felt the need to make sure they occupied a higher moral ground in their eyes even though their club has a past that is not one to be proud of they Payne felt like I need to get above here by dunking on Tiger for being such a a, sca- a scandalous man who did did not honor his marriage. And, and he did it ahead of the Masters, right? Here he comes in, and we yeah. know Tiger. How dare he? Did he say something like "How dare he"? Um, yeah. Uh, whatever he did. No, he wrong. he basically said he will not be judged by his future uh, uh, golfing. Oh, here's oh. a security guy looking at us right now. Should we say hi, hi to him? Yeah. Oh. Hi. How's it going? Hey, how are you? Good. We're just taping a podcast here. We're going into the palm. Yeah, no, good. Thank you for checking us out. I would have done the same thing. We'll be out of here in a minute. Thank you. And that's a wrap. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Shit, they're like, hey, there's a weird. We had permission, running. but I said, oh, you know, 20 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes. So. So anyway, yeah, the Billy Payne stuff, that did not age well at all. And a lot of people objected to well, it at the time. Well, he's also a, a white old guy. Yeah. No, I you know. know. Calling out, uh, you know, a person, a, a minority. A Cablin Asian. A Cablin Asian. Mm-hmm. A minority, though. Uh, how, you know, had it, maybe he didn't say, how dare he? Right. But it, it felt like it. Ty what had I didn't already like. done so much for the sport. Yeah. And it, and it was just, he never looked like he was that right. comfortable what i didn't like was afterwards tiger had no sense of man it was great to be out here i came up short but i played pretty darn well considering everything you saw the interview with peter costas he's he, like well 
finished fourth, not good enough. And there was no bigger picture to it. And I, at the time, said, what a dick. You know, get over yourself. Realize how lucky you are. Appreciate the moment. But he didn't have that in him at the time because I think he was still very bitter about what had been done to him from the Inquirer and everything else. Didn't like what Billy Payne said. Felt the world was against him. So Mm -hmm. he was channeling that. But here's the thing. The last 30 minutes shows that Tiger 3.0, which is what I call the version he's running on now, is the best software version there's been. Mm-hmm. And that he does have a newfound appreciation for being healthy enough at least to play and to win like he did at the Masters and to joking around with his fellow competitors like Kevin Na and whatnot. Tiger Woods got along very well with all of the Ryder Cuppers when he couldn't play in 14 and 16 and then he played, I guess, in 18. But he was a, a captain on those teams, and they all rallied around him. They liked him. Tiger was evolving. The Tiger of now is the best version we've had, and good for him. He's going to reach. Is he going to reach that no. 19? No. He probably won't win again. Yeah. But why would I bet against him? It's like betting against Alex Smith. Don't, <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. He'll make you look stupid. Yeah. So overall, what would you give the uh, documentary? Okay, if I can c- compare it to... Zero you know, to five stars. The movie... The movie scale of zero to five stars. Four and a half. It was great. It was really good. It was great. Yeah. I just had a problem with the beginning and how sinister it was. And made so they did, Earl World, they did Earl Woods wrong on the coaching, it. parenting tiger front. Notice the okay. music in the first one and how sinister it is. It was honestly like that MSNBC, I felt like someone was going to get murdered at the end and we weren't going to know. <laughs> <laughs> it really was the music that was driving me crazy. Because <laughs> what's the MSNBC dateline? When they're always... Uh, did he do it? Like yes. they remember how they immediately the intro was Tiger Woods as a kid with Bob Hope, and then it was him and him walking around with handcuffs on. Yeah, uh, that uh, the right. footage of the jailhouse, yeah. and I thought, oh my God, they're gonna just do him wrong. When I had such a, you're coming into it with a good Tiger feeling. You wanted of, Keith Morrison to go. Earl Woods was raising a champion. <laughs> But was that all he was raising? (laughs) (laughs) Or could he have been raising a sex monster instead? Next on Dateline. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it felt like, a little bit sensational. But I guess he's one of the most compelling, amazing athletes in history, not just golfer. He is and was an athlete, and his. Toughness mentally to win the U.S. Open on that fractured leg <sighs> is the stuff of legend. It's insane yeah. what he did. Yeah. So, and then he had the back issue that he wasn't he playing through too. Yeah, and the fact that he came back from back fusion surgery, which almost nobody has ever done. Yeah. So some of the footage was great. Had any footage there you had never seen? Before? A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. In fact, some of the early footage of him as a two-year-old. As soon as I saw that two-year-old swing, I'm like, okay. That's not normal. A lot of little kids pick up golf clubs and they swing and they hit balls. And I've seen people's videos of it. He had a move and a strike to the ball at two. Yeah. That was whoa. My favorite uh, video I'd never seen was him putting and Earl jingling his his <laughs> change his change in his pocket, walking Talking around, shit. walking over his ball line. And um, the I guess that assistant pro who was playing with him shushed him. Yeah. And Earl go and Earl's like, "This is what I'm doing. I'm doing this for a purpose. I'm trying to get him ready at with the age of 14, 15 for yeah. the tour and for noise. Because I know as someone who golfs as much as I can, 
anyone, the slightest little distraction can throw me off. Anyone yeah. makes any move. Yeah, that assistant pro, that Joe guy, I forget his last name, he, uh, he came off poorly, very yeah. poorly. And I would say that the National Enquirer editor, people hated him. And you could tell, I don't know. I always thought she was pretty hot, but those lips now, honey, mm, out of control. You, you Tone those down. You yeah. could tell. Rachel, you could tell, yeah. How old is she? She looks those about th- our age. She 50. looks like she's had too much work done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's about fifty. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> That's all you can say. Bitch. I'm gonna sit That's over Carol's here and- code for bitch. Homewrecker. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go have some steak, shall we? Yeah. All right. We'll end on this. If you are against this sensible proposal, then you must want people to die. Reason Magazine and Reason TV, of which Matt Welch was the editor-in-chief for several years. I, I worked with that dude at UC Santa Barbara, and I need to connect with him. Former editor-in-chief of the Daily Nexus newspaper. Man, I spent many a late night with him and others uh, editing volleyball stories to get the paper out, printing out copy for the galleys and using an X-Acto knife to cut them and put them into the layout. And then we'd go out and drink and he'd play guitar on the beach at UC Santa Barbara. Great dude and a true libertarian. Smart as fuck, Matt Welsh. Anyway, Reason TV and Reason.com uh, put together a little ditty from their TV people. This guy, Remy, I don't know who he is. And it's from three years ago about how politicians exploit crises all the time regarding safety and keep, keeping people from dying. And it rings even more true now in the age of COVID. It starts with Elizabeth Warren talking about people dying, and there's a there's visual cues in here I'll have to then fill in because you, you can't see it, but you should look it up. Reason TV, people will die. These cuts are blood money. People will die. Let's be very clear. Senate Republicans are paying for tax cuts for the wealthy with American lives. People need kidneys, it's sad but decreed, yet the senator's hoarding one more than she needs. I offer this bill and I hope you'll vote aye. It's Senator Max Hyperbole and it's the Mandatory Organ Donor Act. She's hoarding both kidneys. Unless, of course, you just want people to die. Traffic deaths have many crying with fear. Over 30... Senator Guy Knows Better and Speed Limit of Four is his proposal. thousand people are dying each year. This modest change, I propose, must be applied. Unless, of course, you just want people to die. Alcohol deaths are exceeding comparisons. Black people, white people, Native Americans. We need to ban alcohol. It can't be denied. Unless, of course, you just want want people to die. Murders are bad. They have no defenders, yet many are committed by repeat offenders. I say lifetime in prison, whatever the crime. Unless, of course, you just want people people to to die. die. I don't have a bill or a groan to detail. I just need a short clip for my donor email. Tim, there's blood on your hands. You want people to die. (laughs) That good? Cool. Tim, dinner at five? (laughs) Yeah. The car deaths I mentioned are terrible stuff. This, by the way, is the two helmet act. (laughs) Somebody in a car with two helmets. Think about that, as some are saying we need two 
masks now. Seam one seatbelt is ever enough. You must vote for my act so that fewer will cry. Unless, of course, you, you just, just want, want people, people to, to die. die. The carbs, the container, we cannot ignore. Whipped cream's killing more people than ever before. This bill would be passed and be ratified if those people there didn't want people, people to, to die. die. Why not weigh all the costs, the effects, the results? Empathize with each other as if we were adults. Use our brains to craft arguments, not vilify. See that freedom's a traitor. You want people to die. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Oh my god, it's so funny. It hurts and yet it's so sad. It hurts even more. That'll do it for today. Damn, so much free show today. Don't you feel a little bit guilty that you might be freeloading? I mean, even if you don't need or don't want or don't care about Friday football, don't you want to subscribe anyway? A month? Give me five bucks. A year for 55? It won't auto-renew. Go to zabe.com slash premium. If not, hey, mooch away. But tell a friend, and we're good. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. And we will see you next time. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not Hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of my bookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie.